No crying. There's no crying in baseball. card counters at the blackjack table. We're going to turn the odds on the casino. What's up, friends? Welcome to episode number 24 of Terrace Talk. Uh, we got a, a jam-packed episode this week um, as the Brewers make three trades uh, since our last podcast. Um, and all pretty, pretty solid ones from the sounds of it. Um, and the Brewers are in first place and have a seven game lead on the Cincinnati Reds and we're 20 games above 500 in the month of July for the first time in forever. Um, and we have the, the boys buzzing. Josh Hader said this is the best team he's ever been on, including the 2018 team. Um, so we are flying high in Milwaukee fellas. We got both Mitches here. How are we doing? What's going on boys? Uh, it's been an electric week was on vacation last week, uh, had a few too many trulies, so I apologize uh, for the slurred speech on last week's episode, but uh, we're back drinking water, back to the grind. Yeah, so electric week, steamrolled uh, Pittsburgh earlier in the week, and then I was yeah. actually in attendance um, for the Atlanta series, so Friday night was a lot of fun, and then obviously Saturday wasn't wasn't too hot, but our boy Brett Anderson, and uh, I think we'll probably get into the apologies a bit later. But uh, what a just what a what a dog! I mean, he he literally is. He we dogs. You know, PJ said it best about the city of Milwaukee. Our our fifth and sixth starters both have like mid three ERAs right now, which is just absolutely fucking electric. Uh, we're buzzing. We're buzzing. Yeah, and this is uh, I I said it beforehand, but this is the official apology pod for both of those lefties. Um, Honestly, I think any other fan base would kick us in the face if they ever saw how much we, how much shit we gave Eric Lauer and Brett Anderson, considering both of their, their lines throughout this whole season as our number five and six guys. It's actually pretty incredible. I mean, since that Tigers outing where Lauer struggled, um, and we joked on this podcast that he didn't have the same release in any single one of his ninety pitches that night. Um, that man has been consistent, and as we speak, I mean. Uh, he threw five scoreless innings tonight. Um, like you said, Brad Anderson, another very good outing. I mean, he's he's just letting him hit the ball, some soft contact, some good defense behind him as we have one of the best defense defensive units in all of baseball. That uh, definitely helps them. But shout out to them, official apology, and uh, they've earned a right not to be chirped no matter what happens the remainder of the season. That's my, that's my take and announcement on the matter. 
to put it in perspective, just how good they have been for as much shit as we've talked about them, they don't have qualified innings, and Adrian Hauser doesn't either, but he's kind of in the same group. The 30th best qualified ERA is Lucas Giolito, and that's 3.67. I believe – I didn't see what Anderson finished at yesterday. I know after Lauer's start today, it's down to like 3.56. I think both of them are better than 3.67. So that would mean – Outside of Hauser, we have five of our six starters that are technically top 30 in baseball for ERA, which is absolutely wild to think about. Yeah, it's awesome. And yeah, I mean, granted, it's uh, today against the Pirates. I mean, they're not throwing out, uh, you know, a very scary lineup, but still to get the job done against major league hitters, um, Lauer looked especially sharp today um, in command, throwing strikes, pounding the zone. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, I think boss even texted the chat beforehand. Um, you know, his last bus, what was the stat that you texted us? Uh, graphic, uh, camp on the screen, uh, pregame Eric Lauer's last five starts. Um, he's had a one, eight, one, eight, seven ERA. Yeah, dude, that's hey, young uh, Eric Lauer. Yeah, Brewers, Brewers won the trade. I'm sorry, Trent Grisham's an all-star and everything, but the Brewers won the fucking trade. Dude, and you yes. know, and you know what's funny? Uh, did you? I don't know if you guys saw that tweet, but uh, the Mets hit up David Stearns uh, to see what we were doing with Eric Lauer and Brett Anderson because he wanted one of them, and Stearns was like, "Nah," they didn't even acknowledge it. He just hung up the phone. They probably knew that uh, the Grom's injury was a little bit more serious, and they were leading on and. Uh, they didn't even sign Kumar Rocker. I mean, they're they're kind of messing themselves as of the last couple of weeks here. So you hate to see that too. They get Javi, the strikeout king. Um, if you end up playing them in the NLDS, I feel pretty good about our odds. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, with that being said, I mean, we get, we can get into uh, the five and one week and some more details on the games, but. I think uh, I think we got to talk about the the three trades that were made and kind of talk about uh, what's going on there. So uh, first, I mean, the Brewers got an All Star corner infield bat. Um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the biggest splash of the deadline, but considering what was given up to get them, um, and this this might be the steal of the deadline. I mean, the Brewers acquired infielder Eduardo Escobar uh, from the D backs on Wednesday. Uh, for minor league infielders, Cooper Hummel and Alberto Ciprian. Um, and he's like an 18-year-old, a um, lot of unknown about him, toolsy guy. Uh, he's an international prospect, um, but uh, not a whole lot of information yet, according to our guy, Will Salmon. Um, and Cooper Hummel was like a 20s, I think he just turned 27 years old um, and is in AAA for the D-backs right away. Um, so he doesn't really have a position from what I'm reading. I don't pretend to know a whole lot about either of these guys. When I saw we weren't giving up any top 30 assets, uh, this seemed like a home run right off the bat. Uh, so what do you guys, uh, what was your take on this deal getting, uh, all-star infielder Eduardo Escobar? Yeah, man, I think it was huge. Um, I know in the beginning of the season, we kind of talked about getting, gathering these professional hitters, if that's what you want to call it guys that don't kind of been there, been around um, played in big games. I know Escobar, he's only played in one playoff series, actually um, only four games, but dude's 32 um, plays all over the infield. He's a switch hitter, which is kind of a nice dynamic to throw into our lineup. Um, I know we can get lefty heavy sometimes. Um, I mean, both ways, but Craig does a good uh, job of 
kind of mixing and matching his guys. So uh, he's going to play everywhere, man. I'm excited for him. Yeah. And I think the, the one thing is like outside of uh, him being another all-star bat is he covers, a, covers us across all positions in the infield. So it's just like every position you look at, we now have a ton of depth and it's, it's showing in a night like tonight when, you know, Yelich has been out um, with COVID and, you know, just a couple other guys, it's like, whatever the lineup is, you look at one through eight and you're like, wow, that's a solid lineup. And that's exactly what Escobar does. I mean, he just covers you from every infield spot to the point where it's like every single day, we're going to roll out um, a really good lineup. That's going to give us a chance to win. Um, So it was nice to see too on Friday, his first game for us, you know, him go yard too. So it's, it's something we've been missing. We haven't really had the pop or power and Escobar kind of comes in and, and fills that void that we've been missing. Yeah, and on the, on the season, I mean, he's got nearly an 800 OPS, um, 23 home runs after his homer on Friday night. Uh, so, I mean, his outs above average is in the 90th percentile. Tile. His expected slug is 73rd. Um, he's just a professional hitter. Um, I mean, his average isn't going to jump off the page at you. Um, and then another thing, and especially with this Brewers clubhouse, um, with how they seem to be bonding and getting along, um, there's nothing but – glowing reviews about uh, his clubhouse personality and his consistent positivity. Um, even when he played for the D-backs on that shitty team and organization the last handful of years, I think all of his teammates speak glowingly about uh, his personality and the way he's going to fit in. Um, I think he was quoted right when he came over here that he doesn't really care where he plays. He just wants to help the team win a world series. Um, so I think like one of his teammates from the D-backs actually had to give him a first basement um, and he's just plugged right in there and took reps with Pat Murphy before before the Braves series. So, I mean, he's uh, he seems like a, a dream in that regard as well. Speaking of which, I don't know if you guys were watching the game earlier, but they were, like, showing him talking. I think he was talking to the Pirates third base coach, and Willie's just constantly chattering with him. And you could see Escobar turn to the coach, and he's just like, this dude, Willie, just never shuts up, like, just joking, laughing. So it's like – it's cool to see how he's kind of fit in right away. And like the guys on the team have just kind of like brought him in, like he's one of their brothers right away. So um, you can always, and they always say this across the board for teams that are special that you can see like their personality and their vibe, and you can just see something that's different about them. And this team 100% has that vibe. Like when you look at them, the way they interact and the fun that they're having, it's just like, you can tell that this is a different team than in years past. Yeah, I think this team just finds different ways to win. I think this team just differs a little bit from in the past when we've had the big offense um, and just kind of middle of the pack um, bullpen. I mean, I can't even say that because we've had Josh and some really good back end guys, um, but they just find different ways to win. Uh, I think we had what three hits on Sunday and still got the dub. Um, yeah, just dream. I just dream. We all just dream of Christian Yelich uh, becoming Christian Yelich again. I mean, dude, we started Jalise Chassin in the opener of the 2018 playoffs. And as we speak, I mean, I can tell we're all distracted right now. Eddie Escobar, <laughs> or triple, excuse me. Yeah, I saw it, the in-play in run, my favorite thing to see of all time. <laughs> I, I just saw all of our eyes wandering on the Zoom screen with Mitch's big fucking smile over there. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Right on cue. Right on cue. Um, I honestly forgot my train of thought, but 
Uh, oh, my point was how how much better um, the pitching is, even for that 2018 team. And this offense definitely has the chance to be better. There's some stats floating around that since July 15th, we have the best offense in baseball. Since July 1st, we're like the fourth most productive offense in baseball. And they've really turned it on, man. The last, really since like the middle of June, um, they've been an elite offense. So, I saw, I mean, it's not like the biggest metric by any means, but I still think it matters because it means you're getting base hits. We had the best batting average in baseball in the month of July at like 290 or something like that. Yeah, that was what I was looking at. I, the the numbers I don't have right on the top of my head, but yeah, man, it's you can just tell it's much improved, a lot more quality at bats. Like even that game Friday night, there's zero percent chance that we win that game in April or May. Right. And Corbin gives up four runs in the first inning, and you're just like, damn, this is going to be an uphill battle. And you didn't even really have that feeling. You're like, I think Bus texted us. They're like, we'll get to Tuki Toussaint immediately here. And sure enough, they they ended up getting after him pretty good. Yeah, no, I think Willie, uh, I don't know if it was Willie who spoke after the game, but uh, he said they kind of all saw him once, uh, some guys twice, and then they were, it seemed like they kind of locked in. <laughs> Tuki, Tuki was pretty good early on. but uh, I feel like uh, – We've had a couple of those big comebacks, and they always ask Willie if we th- if they uh, if he thought they were going to win, and he's always going to say yes. <laughs> he's like, "Oh yeah, no problem. We, we were going to win this game." They could spot a team of twelve in the first, and Willie would still be going back to dug up, being like, "Hey, let's just ship away. We got a chance." <laughs> Dude, he's the boss. He's the boss of the team. Yeah, and for any Brewers fans that I don't know, I I saw some like chirping on Twitter just a little bit, not a whole lot, but that we're underwhelmed with the Brewers trade deadline. Let's not forget that the biggest trade of the entire season was the uh, acquisition of Willie Adamas. Like that, like you can add Rowdy Telez to that too. So you talk about our trades throughout the year, you got Adamas, Telez, Curtis, yeah. Morris, and uh, Escobar. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, I think those, are, those are a lot of good pieces right there, man. Yeah, I mean, like 43 and 21 since we got Willie or something like something ridiculous like that. 19, I think. Or was, yeah, the yeah, best winning percentage in baseball since uh, since he played his first game for the Brewers. Yeah, so. They were 41 and 19, I think, since the Adamas trade. That'll play. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of uh, – like, even when the Cubs were borderline still in it, like, the you could see the, the jealousy from, like, Cardinals and Cubs fan bases that – we saw need early on and didn't wait to the deadline to address it. So that's another big props to, uh, to David Stearns there for pulling the trigger on something like that. Even though at the very second, it was like kind of eye opening. You're like, Oh, this is kind of early for this. And then what do you know, man, the (laughs) David Stearns saw something that uh, the Rays probably wish they would have got a little bit more in return for. Um. Cool. So the uh, the second trade was uh, the Brewers acquiring left-handed reliever Daniel Norris from the Tigers for minor league pitcher Reese Olsen. So our guy, Will Salmon, actually had a great article this weekend per usual grading these trades. And the two other trades got A's from him, and this one was a B. I think the prospect, Reese Olsen, was uh, a guy kind of on the rise, but... Once again, I personally don't know a ton about him, uh, but Norris is a lefty specialist. 
Um, he posted uh, or hitters are po- left-handed hitters are posting a 555 OPS against them when we required them. And the Brewers seem to be like this is gonna be a fastball changeup guy. Um, where slider wasn't really working in Detroit. They think they like what they see reminiscent of a Drew Pomeranz deal back a couple years ago. So I guess, do you guys have any, uh, any takes on this one? I know this is probably the most underwhelming deal of them all, uh, but I think it's, you know, the Brewers see something where they can turn it around and uh, get something good for Daniel Norris here. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I don't know if we can ever doubt what David Stearns is doing when it comes to relief arms, because every single relief arm he gets that maybe statistically they don't pop out to you. He find they find something, whether it's in their data to just say, Hey, you know, start throwing this pitch more, you know, make this tweak. Um, so this Daniel Norris move, I know he he's been really good against lefties with a ridiculously low OPS, but this move just kind of like feels to me like a potential Drew Pomerantz type deal where, um, you know, he'll come here and had didn't have the ex- success elsewhere and turn himself into like a elite back end left-handed bullpen arm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a ton about Daniel Norris. I'm just looking at his uh, baseball savant page and he's a high uh, fastball spin rate guy in the 78th percentile. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. Um, I know Pomeranz was kind of in the same boat. So uh, hopefully they kind of lock something with them. Um, and side note, Willie was just standing on the railing, chanting rowdy. <laughs> I also saw that man yeah this team, this team has those uh the Milwaukee Bucks vibes man like when they started posting those all accesses throughout the stretch run and you like you said uh Mitch earlier when the personalities start to shine through it's a start of something special so who knows man we might go two for two in Milwaukee this year dude can you imagine Rowdy and Fogey just chugging <laughs> chugging Miller lights and yeah yeah, the they're gonna be on a lakefront brewery float just hammering beers and cheese curds shirts off <laughs> harps off baby electric and yet uh norris on his debut on sunday uh struck out the two batters that he faced with uh hitting 94 95 so um i thought he pitched on friday too or friday or saturday maybe it was saturday. Oh, yeah yeah he pitched on saturday too okay nice man yes uh he looked good yeah. there then too. Could be a good deal. And yeah, before the Brewers got him, his last like six innings uh, were scoreless with seven strikeouts and one walk. So uh, he was even turning the corner in Detroit before that trade popped through. Um, and then there's uh, and then there's, I think was an A plus move here. Um, although his first two outings for the Brewers have been underwhelming. Um, I'll give him a pass for, for the start there, but Brewers got right-handed reliever John Curtis uh, from the Marlins for a minor league catcher, Peyton Henry. Um, it sounds like Peyton Henry is kind of viewed as a defensive catcher at the next level, probably a number two guy back up. Um, like I said, good defensively, but struggles with velocity hitting wise. Uh, hasn't really put up a whole lot of, you know, significant numbers in the minor league. So, you know, with the Brewers catching depth organizationally, I think this is a good move. Um, and basically, I saw a lot of uh, Brewers uh, Twitter basically saying that we reacquired JP Fireheisen um, <laughs> with a guy that's pretty much fastball slider um, and has been successful uh, with the Marlins there. So you guys got any takes on the, the John Curtis move? Mitch, do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I will say, and this was part of what I experienced down there too, being a huge slider guy, it was pretty evident 
that the humidity in Atlanta caused Curtis to just not find his grip. So he essentially became a one pitch pitcher there, which is you're going to struggle if you only have one pitch. So I wouldn't look too into his two outings in Atlanta. I mean, I cannot begin to describe what it felt like being in that stadium. It was 95, 100% humidity. I looked like I had just played a four quarter basketball game, literally just sitting in my chair, not moving. Like I, I should have brought an extra pair of shorts and I wasn't doing anything. So I wouldn't look too much into that. Uh, you could tell he couldn't have, he didn't have any grip on his slider. So, um, and yeah, the, there, what, four years of control with him too, uh, for a blocked catcher. Um, it just seems very much like he's going to be a part of our, our bullpen for, for a while. Yeah. He's yeah, not a free agent until 2026. Sorry to jump in there. No, you're good. No, that's, that's a great point. I mean, the controllability, um, and he's, he's been very good. I mean, uh, his F war for the year is the same as Devin Williams, um, before this weekend, I should say it's probably shifted a tad. Um, but you're getting a very good quality reliever that if all goes well, him and box will be like the seventh inning guys, um, from here on out. So, uh, yeah, great move. I mean, he had like a two four ERA with the, uh, with the Marlins. So great deal. Yeah, he pounds his own. His walk percentage or walk percentage is like 84th or 85th percentile or something like that. Yeah, and for a team that is contending for a World Series like the Brewers um, to make these these moves where I think does put us in legit contention for a World Series and to not give up Garrett Mitchell, Aaron Ashby, Ethan Small, uh, any of those top guys, um, you name them, we still have them. Um, so it, I think it was unbelievable work from David Stearns during this deadline and throughout this year. Yeah. I think John Morrissey kind of said it best after the Twitter or after the trade deadline, they were like kind of recapping things. And he goes, once you know it, the Brewers make another, you know, ton of smart moves by not giving up, you know, a ton of top prospects, but still getting significantly better, which is pretty much what Stearns has been come to know about uh, at this point. He just kind of finds those guys that end up playing really well, um, without mortgaging the future. So, you know, it is funny though. I think, uh, I think at one point it's rumored that he was trying to throw the ultimate haymaker with the Chicago Cubs by, uh, offering up Garrett Mitchell and Aaron Ashby for Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell, um, would have been a legendary move to not only <laughs> trade for those Cubs guys, but to win a ring that way. Um, but obviously, uh, he had comments after the trade deadline that made it seem like, uh, the Cubs, price was too steep or ultimately we're never even going to do it because of geographical reasons as he put it in the politically correct way <laughs> that's yeah. a, such a stern's comment man <laughs> yeah. just mitch i know you said he just uses big fancy words and probably just confuse <laughs> just confuses all the other uh gms out there and just he can just swindled swindled teams yeah man he's awesome um, was there, I think that was the, I think that was the trade that was proposed or leaked or that's what Will had said. Well, I, I think Scherzer was involved to an extent too. There was definitely he, something going on there. Yeah. And he made it clear that he wanted to go to the West coast. So who knows? And he had that no trade clause deal. So maybe he just let the brewers know that he wasn't going to come to Milwaukee, but whatever, man, we'll beat him in the playoffs. Doesn't matter. Right. And real quick, can we talk about real quick the what are the Rockies doing? 
Now they've just like yeah. isolated story. So story, no chance. So they just valued a comp pick over f- ten teams competing for him to give a, give him an offer. Truly absurd. I th- didn't he like take himself out of the lineup because yeah. he was so rattled? Scratched himself on Friday solely because he didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> Potentially the worst ran organization in all of sports, the Colorado Rockies. It's uh yeah, man, it's crazy. I don't know. They should have just traded him in the offseason when they traded Nolan because there was zero reason to keep him. Right. And you knew he wasn't gonna sign there. Exactly. Yeah, man, that's a dumpster fire. That's a that'd be a, a tough team to be a fan of. Right. I mean, while we're on the, the trade deadline talk, I mean we can do the the recaps unreal at bat by T Rat right there, by the way. Um we can do the game recaps in the second half. Um I know we've had a, a couple people comment that we talked about the Cubs too much, but I think we have to ultimately dance on their graves today um, as the Brewers did a very big part of uh, their fire sale there. Um, so they sold off their entire team. They're rolling out a quadruple A team for the remainder of the year. Um, and they're officially in a monster rebuild, boys. You hate to fucking see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, like, the Cubs had to trade those guys. I get it. But if the Cubs don't get swept by us in that series when they're within striking distance, I don't know if they sell off. Maybe they try to pull together some pieces and make one last run at it, you know, a last dance type thing. But I think the even better part about all this as they're selling off all those guys and really like I mean they got some some mid-level prospects but like their best prospect is a guy that is heavily reliant on a good bap I mean he's gonna hit the ball 175 feet and you know hopefully has a good bap to you know get on base he's a, he's a good hitter I'm not taking anything away from him. he doesn't strike out as a high contact guy um, but seeing them trade all those pieces and all those pieces instantly hit bombs I don't even know if Anthony Rizzo's gotten out yet since he's been in the Yankees uniform um, so it's just like you watch all of their studs leave and like instantly just start hitting bombs. Uh, it's hard not to smile seeing that. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple funny tweets that is like, wow, imagine all these guys on the same team together. They would hit our house. <laughs> I keep thinking the Contreras being the only one left. I just keep thinking of that SpongeBob meme where he's sitting in his house with like coffee like just by himself. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I wonder, like, I I saw there was something that they talked to these guys about extensions and they didn't want it. Yeah. So who knows what's going on there? I think Jed Hoyer, um, dude, I, every single Cubs fan I know, um, seems pretty unforgiving of what just happened right there. Um. It's, I mean, you have that emotional attachment to those guys that get you a World Series ring, and they literally didn't re-sign any single one of them after their contracts. Right, and maybe that's why they were like got the fact of like, oh, if they're gonna lowball us, they're you know our entire arb process and not give us you know what we deserve, then okay, this last year, yeah, we don't we don't even okay last you know we don't care. Um, but it's funny because I've heard rumors now that the Yankees are already pretty much saying to Anthony Rizzo, we'll give you whatever you want. And Chicago like lowballed the fuck out of them, um, so it's it's just a tough scene all around. Yeah, I mean with Rizzo's swing and like his uh, his batted ball profile, I mean New York would be the the best possible spot for him, really. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, the judges chambers or whatever that's in Yankee stadium was chanting Rizzo's name before the first pitch was even thrown tonight. He had to like step off and like give him a wave. So they'd st- stop yelling his name. So T's and P's to the Chicago Cubs organization. Sorry for breaking you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, man. I mean, the next three, four years is really the, the Brewers should be heavy favorites in this division. Um, and this is what uh, exactly what David Stearns wanted to build. Uh, build and get as many bites at the apple as possible. So it's uh, it's been a great year so far. I guess while we're on it too, I mean, the, the did the Cardinals like fake buy? I mean, they gave up a decent prospect for Jay Happ, and that was their like, we're going to make a little run at this thing. They traded for Captain Cockshots. Kyle <laughs> Lester's back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, John, John Lester, John Lester, and Jay Happ, and then that's what they're selling to their their the best fans in baseball to try to to catch us. I'm As your ten man. games or eleven games back, those are the two pieces you buy. Like I just I buy. I yeah, I don't get it. The the fact that they semi bought was was incredible to me. Didn't understand any of it. Um, the Reds kind of bought some bullpen help. I mean, did they do anything beyond that? Just three bullpen arms. Eh, maybe they got Freddie Galvis back too. I, for some reason, that name's coming to my head. No, Freddie's Freddie went to Philly, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it was just bullpen arms then. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, we, I mean, not the seven game lead, nothing set in stone. I mean, the Reds, in theory, could still make a run, but, uh, we pretty much put the division in a chokehold um, by the trade deadline to the fact that no one made none of the four other teams made a significant addition to their team to even compete with the Brewers for the division. Which I will is- say this. I am kind of ideal situation is the Reds kind of stay hot. We just continue to boat race them and the Reds can somehow steal a wild card spot from one of those NOS teams. That would kind of be ideal to me. Yeah. Cause the Padres have, kind of dipped a little bit um Tatis is hurt uh they they just bought pretty big though so who knows man it's uh that like you said that would be the best case scenario though right like a red sneak in San Fran holds off LA and the Reds somehow Castillo shoves against LA and we have the best of it or record in the NL and we see the Reds in the NLDS that would be pretty ideal doesn't even matter dude (laughs) (laughs) it's true that's true. We may never lose again, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. We got the Pirates for the next uh, three games. And then big series this weekend. Going to be a fun one, too. Um, the guys at Talking Baseball have been hyping it up quite a bit. Uh, John Boy Media there. They've been looking forward to the Giants-Brewers series for the last handful of episodes. So uh, we line up, I think, Corbin and Woody uh, to face the Giants this weekend. So that should be a lot of fun. I guess any more underlying takes on the trade deadline? Um, obviously, throughout the league, the Dodgers are probably viewed as the the favorites in the NL at this point after they trade for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. Um, but I still like the Brewers' odds, man. Pitching trumps all. Um, our starting pitching is just as good, if not better, than their top three guys. Uh, but it's going to be a war against those guys. Hopefully – you know, probably a full seven, you would think, just like 2018. 
Um, but I think the Brewers are a little bit better than that 2018 team. So we'll see. Yeah, I was in a rabbit hole today watching Brewers highlights, and I watched almost almost that whole 18 uh, uh, series against the Dodgers. It was fucking electric. And you uh, left out that we uh, got John Axford for $1. <laughs> yeah yeah we could talk about that i guess for a second i was just seeing if you guys had any more uh any more trade deadline takes i just can't stop thinking about it <laughs> a dollar <laughs> yeah that's wild i mean while while you brought it up we could talk about it i mean yeah the the news that we were all expecting this morning uh, the brewers uh, like john axford is on the major league ball club uh due to COVID kind of going through the team right now. Uh, Josh Hader's out for the next 10 days. Yelich is in the midst of, uh, of his IL stint for COVID. Um, so the, the Brewers are kind of uh, shorthanded that way. But yeah, uh, Axford was a media guy for the Blue Jays to start the season. Um, didn't he pitch for like Canada in the qualifiers? Yeah. yeah. Got a minor league deal for the Blue Jays and showed out and then – the Brewers signed him to a major league contract today. <laughs> Danny Jensen, I think we retweeted it from the account, but Danny Jensen, the, he was uh, demoted to AAA, caught for him uh, a couple weeks ago. And he said he was like consistently sitting 97, 98 and just throwing bowling balls past everyone. So um, I, I wouldn't, would not be surprised one bit if he comes in and like in this short period that he's up, like just pitches absolutely lights out for us. Yeah, I mean, he's throwing 98 still. What is he, 38 years old? Yeah, he's 38. And he throws – he has a four-pitch mix too, so he throws a cutter, uh, curveball, slider, and then, then his four-seamer. So it's not like he's – I mean, he still has a huge mix too. So uh, pretty wild. Yeah, no, Sophia was asking him before the game. I think it was Sophia was asking if he was nervous to get back on the big league mound. And he was like, I was in front of a camera. Um, doing media stuff, I was like shaking. I was making sure my tie was straight. He's like, I'd much rather pitch. So I think we're in a good place with Axe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to say the least. I mean, it would be quite the story if he's uh, if he's a legit arm that we're able to keep on a playoff roster. Because <laughs> uh, I think someone tweeted since he wasn't playing, he's playoff eligible um since he hasn't played in the majors this year some some reason oh no, he's 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 not playoff eligible because oh, yeah because everyone that was dealt after the deadline is not playoff eligible even though he was not on a on the 40 man yeah i don't i i'm pretty sure that that's i could be wrong on that i'm probably just spitballing but there's something along those lines interesting it makes sense one final note before we go to break here and not to go back, this kind of just like a good thing to end on. Who was the biggest loser from the trade deadline around the MLB? Uh, Rockies come to mind first. Um, Rockies, Cubs. Um, I'm trying to think of contenders that kind of stayed pat. I mean, the Red Sox fans yeah. seemed pretty pissed off um, and they've all of a sudden lost four in a row. Um, the mayor. <laughs> The Mariners, I mean, we're talking about uh, poorly ran organizations. Um, they trade all-star closer Kendall Graveman to the Astros as they're playing the Astros at home after they just came off an emotional walk-off grand slam. Uh, players were reported to be crying in the 
the locker room, throwing shit, talking shit about GM Jerry DePoto. Um, and since then, I think they've tailed off a little bit. Um, just demoralizing for a clubhouse. So the Mariners continue to be at Rockies level bad of how to run an organization. Did the Rays do anything or did they kind of stay pat? Nelson Cruz. Oh, yeah. He was kind of early on. Yeah. Um, the Rays, uh, I think they got a starter too. I mean, I think they did all right. Yeah, they did acquire a starter. I mean, you look at, I mean, there's a lot of teams making a lot of noise. I mean, Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo going to the Yankees where yeah. I thought it was kind of questionable for them to buy. All of a sudden they sweep the Marlins and the Red Sox lose three in a row and they're right back in the mix. Giants getting Chris Bryant's huge. Yeah, dude, this, this deadline was like fucking crack, man. It was fucking out. My finger, my thumb was hurting so bad from refreshing Twitter. Yeah, and trades was, were still filing in like 45 minutes post the deadline. Yeah, I was in Eagle River on the fucking chain on a boat and it was 90 degrees. I was still, my phone battery was dying so fast. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the way around, good stuff. I think it was good for baseball. They had a bunch of all stars on the move, a lot of interest in the game. So now we got uh, now we got two months left, basically until we got playoff ball. So uh, with that being said, we're gonna take a quick break here before we uh, recap the week and do a little check on the farm. We'll be right back. All right, boys. So we can uh, we can start with the game on Sunday here. So like I said, Brewers win five of six this week sweep the Pirates, win a series against the Atlanta Braves. Um, and Sunday, um, this is what we were talking about when we opened the pod. Brett Anderson, five and two-thirds, only gives up one run, three strikeouts and a walk, lowers his ERA to 3.67. Um, just getting the job done. So shout out Brett Anderson. Um, Brewers bats, very quiet yesterday. Uh, did just enough to win a 2-1 game. Uh, Willie Adamas with an opposite field missile. Uh, in the first inning, continues his incredible play with the Brewers. Um, Low Kane had a clutch hit. Uh, Luis Urias also had the the third hit. So only three hits. Did just enough against Charlie Morton to get the job done. Um, I guess you guys have any uh, any big takeaways from the game yesterday? I mean, I know we already kind of touched on it, but just finding different ways to win. Um, had three hits. Uh, scratched one early versus Morton and our. Uh, pitching went to work um just different can put up 10 runs or we can put up one or two runs and still get the job done yeah man the, the trio of boxberger devin williams josh Hader, solid as always um so they finished out the deal yesterday yeah and devin's been looking really good lately uh he seems like he's got a little bit of swagger going on the mound um he had an emphatic fist pump uh on sunday as well yeah, he's got his ERA down to like a 2.7 now, I think. Yep, exactly. Yeah, man. Um, so he struck out three guys in his one inning yesterday. Had, like you said, that giant fist pump. Um, he's had a little more to his uh, to his fastball and been sharper with the changeup since coming off the IL. So shout out, Devin. Um, we're going to need him here the next 10 games to uh, to be our closer Kind of talked about that today, how he's planning on stepping up and uh, he's ready for the challenge. So we actually might get his, uh, you know, first save here tonight if we uh, go to the ninth with a 3-0 lead. So we'll see. Um, 
Saturday. Uh, so tough one on Saturday. Um, there's a, a sequence with Woody pitching um, where the game really got away from him. Uh, Should have had strike three on Dansby Swanson. He then hit a hit a grand slam. Um, so, like I said, got away from him there. Um, he gave up three runs only. Uh, but you know, tough tough scene. You guys have anything on on Saturday? The Brewers lose an eight one game then. Um, yeah, shout out first out, shout out CB uh, for being one of the best umpires in the game and just, you know, missing, not missing. I mean, that call was uh, obviously off the plate and definitely didn't have a good view at it. Um, but no, it was, it was funny. I was, uh, I was at the game on Saturday and um, before the ball even landed, uh, Woodruff was already walking towards home plate to start chirping because he knew he was coming out. So it was just kind of funny to see that. Um, and I do want to just say real quick, um, and I, I think they're probably going to go away from it just because of, you know, the insensitivity and um, things like that. But I have never had more chills in my life experiencing what it's like to be in a stadium that has something similar to what the Braves do with the Tomahawk Chop. chop. When um, they have a rally going, they like dim the lights and all the like the 35,000 fans have like their flashlights on and they do the, the chop thing. And like it was just like the ultimate kind of goosebump thing, just because it's like you see, you know, that many people in unison and, and different things like that. But um, yeah, that one that one was tough. Saturday was tough. I mean, I was pretty I was pretty hot. Uh, check out my Twitter if you want to see some good tweets. But uh, I mean, you just can't miss a call like that. I mean late in the, late in the game. And he was literally up was positioned perfectly right in between the batter and the catcher had a perfect look at it. He even flinched uh, like he was going to ring him up. Um, I was even mad the next day until I saw Woody's interview. Um, and you could tell he kind of wanted to go off, but then he like caught himself. He was like, you know what? It's over. It's done with. But then he got back to it at the end and started kind of going in at it. So uh, Woody's a pretty mellow guy and he was pretty fired up after that. Yeah, and a correction from uh, earlier. So that was a two-run bomb on on Woodruff. The grand slam from Swanson came later in the game off of uh, off his Curtis. So, yeah, like we, we talked about it earlier, John Curtis didn't have the best weekend, but it is what it is. We expect him to be better um, throughout the rest of the year as he gets his uh, as he gets his feet wet as a Brewer here. Um, yeah, not much more. I mean, offense was quiet Saturday. It happens. Um, so they were doing for a stinker at that point. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, still ended up winning the series. So, and then Friday. Um, so Corbin Burns was uh, a little rusty, gave up nine hits and in four innings. Um, they kind of jumped on John jumped on him in the first inning. Uh, but the offense really picked him up, man. Um, three home runs on the night. Avi, uh, who's been one of our most consistent players throughout the year offensively. Uh, Willie, I mean, what more can you say about him? Uh, Brian Anderson before the game was uh, proclaiming his MVP candidacy with uh, with Fernando Tatis now on the IL again. Um, and Eduardo Escobar uh, hit his first bomb, his 23rd bomb of the year uh, in the ninth inning. So to dead center. So pretty in impressive power display on Friday. Um, you know, just reading off who contributed here. Colton Wong had three hits. Willie had two. Omar won. Eddie won. Avi three. Rowdy won. Um, so uh, everyone, every single position player in the lineup uh, got a base knock or two 
or three. Um, so really impressive from the guys that night. Yeah, it seemed like Burns kind of got bit by the uh, soft contact ball um, again. Um, I guess when you're that nasty, people aren't going to make good contact against you and the ball finds holes. There's a lot of space out there, but good to see the offense bounce back for sure. Um, rowdy, baby. Fucking hitting piss missiles. That one that he hit to left, like center field, left center. Um, was that his eyeballs? Just a back spinner that kept going. Braves, Braves fans will tell you that the reason Corbin struggled in that game because he's no longer allowed to use spider tack, even though his uh, spin rate hasn't changed. But, um, yeah, Friday night was a very interesting game for me. Um, I will say this, Braves fans are some elite hecklers. I got called uh, J. Crew, uh, Hairspray, uh, Pretty Boy, High Fade Boy, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was they made some comment about the shorts that I was wearing and then they called me spider tack because I was wearing my Corbin Burns all-star jersey and then uh when um Avi hit the three-run bomb to tie it I just did the low cane show me some love thing and then one of the fans was like yeah you guys are good <laughs> they finally just admitted yeah <laughs> that's hilarious at least they admitted it though Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. The best part about it is that like these four guys were probably 65. Like I wasn't getting heckled by kids my age. It was like 65 year old, like dads and grandpas that were giving me shit. They were calling you J crew. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the accuracy. I wasn't even wearing J crew, but I just wanted to send a picture of my closet. Cause it's just all J crew. Like they knew. <laughs> uh, that's incredible. Yeah, man, I guess we can uh, we can go for the Pirates series. I mean, holy – talk about boat race. Um, Thursday, the series finale, Brewers win 12-0 um, behind six scoreless innings from our guy Freddy Peralta, who lowered his ERA to 2.17. Uh, five strikeouts, one walk, only two hits allowed. Um, he has an absurd amount of starts this year with either one or two hits allowed. Um, and he's just been incredible. Um, so the one, two, three punch of our, of our aces continue to shine. Um, and yeah, man, obviously tons of big time performances from the offense. Willie had a three hit game. Um, we had Rowdy to with a three hit game, including, uh, including a home run. Um, he's been popping off with the power lately. Mr. T-Rat three hits on Thursday. Um, so, yeah, you guys have any anything to take away from this? I mean, the Cardinals or excuse me, the Pirates, uh, man, are they throwing out some shitty lineups, but it's nice to take care of business and really put the, uh, the foot on their throat. I think that was the first series that they had without Adam Frazier, who was like yeah. one of those three consistent bats that they had. And I think the team basically was just like, yeah, fuck this. I mean, um, mm-hmm. we but put up 28 runs in three games. Um, and their offense just looked disinterested. So it was just like one of those things where it's like you tune in for the first couple innings, you'd realize it's eight zero and you're like, all right, I'm just going to have it on in the background now. Yeah. That, uh, tweet that was floating around about just to get back to Freddie. Um, I know you mentioned that he's had a insane amount of starts with like one or two hits allowed. Um, the he's an elite company. We'll say, um, there's two other, uh, or one other player that had, um, 11 games of one or two hit ball um, in the career. And it was uh, 
Nolan Ryan, right? Yeah, Nolan Ryan. I don't know why I just spaced that. Yeah, Nolan Ryan twice, and Freddie's at 13 now, which is fucking incredible. Like, my jaw dropped when I saw that stat. Yeah, he's he's been insane. I mean, every adjective. Um, he's He's been so good. <clears throat> um, then there was, a, there was a game on Wednesday. Brewers won 7-3. to um, Adrian was sharp through five scoreless innings. Uh, only struck out a couple, but that's his game, man. Just got a ton of ground balls, pitched to contact. Like you said, disinterested uh, Pirates offense, and it was cruise control. EL came in in relief and uh, did his job. Josh actually was the one who gave up a home run, but uh, he's been uh, he's been <laughs> I can't even pretend to not break my <laughs> smile here. Eddie Escobar just hit a three run missile. Let's fucking go, <laughs> <know>, boys! <laughs> oh, that was fucking dick time! Oh my god, dude, drop the bad head. This team is winning it all. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> He wears some tight ass pants. Yes, I noticed it. Like you could see his calf muscles when you were. Oh my god, those fans are going nuts. You yeah, can see are. calf muscles like in person in his pants when because of his pants. I need to see a replay, dude. I just saw the lights flickering with Eddie rounding the bases, holding oh. his arm up there. Um, anyway, what I was saying, what I was saying is, Josh Hader since the All Star break has really been in this weird stretch of like not having save opportunities no matter win or loss most of the time win um so he went out there through a ninth up by six runs gave up a home run who cares whatever doesn't matter um he's still the best closer in all the sport um yeah man the brewers are the brewers are freaking good it kind of feels like to the point in the season where we're kind of comfortable now um i mean i still lose my mind over games in july um like that woody game just couldn't let it go but now, I mean, we had the hiccup on Saturday. It was just kind of like, whatever, we'll win tomorrow, win the series, carry on. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, we might see Axe for tonight, boys. Now that God, I it. Eddie was fucking hyped when he came into the dugout. Holy shit. Yeah, man, imagine him, dude. He's uh, he, he's going from one of the worst teams in baseball to a legit World Series contender with a bunch of people that he's probably going to get along with. So you absolutely love to see it. Does he even remember like what a roar of a crowd sounds like? It, probably not. Sorry, Diamondbacks. That's uh, yeah, man, that's awesome. Eddie Escobar, baby, what Fuck a yeah. freaking legend. Um, yeah, and then the final game of the week, um, or the first game actually, uh, 9-0 route of the Pirates. Um, this is like deja vu. It's six to zero right now tonight. So, uh, this is like uh, how it used to be playing the Pirates. The last few years, they've kind of been a thorn in our side but there was a few years with those like prince fielder ryan braun teams where we just torched them all year long um we're giving them we're giving them that right now yeah didn't we beat them like 25 straight games at home or some shit like that yeah it was something absurd in like 2011 2012 i think that's 10 Um, years ago shit yeah uh but yeah man uh brett anderson six scoreless innings (laughs) pretty incredible um, but yeah, he was sick. Uh, Miguel Sanchez, good. Hunter Strickland, good. He's on the COVID IL now. Same with Gustavi. Um, I heard that they're both actually still in Atlanta quarantining. Um, hence why we have Axford in the, the major league pen right now. Um, they said Hunter Strickland actually lives close to Atlanta. So him and cousins are just like hanging out at his house playing video games. Nice. Yeah. Good for them. 
It seems like a it seems like a weird combo, man. I feel like Strickland's kind of like a reptile guy, so he has like turtles and shit. <laughs> what? I just hangs out with his iguana like in the living room. <laughs> just the iguana on his shoulder. That is that is a wild comment, and I love it. He just takes me as a reptile guy, man. I don't know. And Cousins is like a normal, like twenty what was he twenty seven twenty seven year old. awesome um cool i guess we got any more general takeaways obviously looking forward to uh uh, taking care of business against the pirates first but then the the big showdown between two of the nl's best teams this weekend should be a a heck of a lot of fun we're the pirates slot or the not the pirates the giants slotted to throw against us it's a good question Um, i don't know if it's up yet they got Dace Scalfani going tonight, so I'd assume that he gets the final game of that series. Um, let's see. I think they do have it up, actually. We are oh, they have TBDs on, uh, on Brewers.com. We are going to miss uh, Gossman, though, because he's pitching on Wednesday. So That's good. Doesn't Like I said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't right. matter with this team. We're Steve, fucking it's a fucking boat race. It it is indeed. Um cool. We want to do uh, a quick look on the farm here. Um I know there's some Garrett Mitchell notes, a couple Ashby notes. So um I'll toss it over to uh to Mitch for this mini segment here. Yeah, um you mentioned Garrett Mitchell. He was actually out. Uh he was dealing with I think a minor lingering injury and he get, came back and hit like 115 mile per hour exit below uh, off the bat. That was like a 430 home run. One of the, the announcers uh, basically had said they had never seen a ball hit that fall there at uh, what is it MGM park. I think it's called um, down in Bluxia. So it's good to see um, him kind of finding his power stroke Um our man, Joe Gray, is still having uh, a really good year. Um, you know, he's hitting well now in high A um, after just absolutely destroying low A. So that's good to see because um, Joe Gray was our second round pick uh, two years ago or three years ago. I think he was drafted in the Bryce Trang draft. Um, Bryce Trang still playing well. Um, Ethan Small he has his ERA down to a 1.23 in AAA. Um, I saw – a note on Twitter, John Morrissey had tweeted that uh, Ethan Small is a potential call-up candidate to fill in, which is an already pretty full bullpen. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, if Ethan Small does, in fact, get called up um, because he's having a great year in AAA, too. It seems like him and Ashby were both on that fast track to get here. Um, so it's just like the way our pitching's been this year, how incredible they've been, and you know, having some good lefty prospects that are pretty much ready to break into the major leagues too is, is pretty awesome to see. So um, more help on the way if, if needed. So that's kind of the, the farm roundup I got for, for everyone. Yeah, man, his, uh, his stats are pretty absurd in AAA. Um, so yeah, for a minor league system, that's supposed to be not that good. There's still a lot of things to be excited about. That's for sure. Cool, man. I don't have uh I don't have much more, I guess. Do you guys have anything that we want to end with? Are we, uh, are we good until, uh, until next pod? You guys think uh, Ashby gets called back up before the end of the year? 
seems like small would be the next, uh, the next one of those two guys up in my opinion. And at full strength, like, I don't just, I just don't know where there's room. Like our bullpen's so right. full right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. It might take, uh, even for Ethan small to get up, it might take like a starting pitcher injury or something along those lines for him to even get a chance. <clears throat> Yeah, man, David Stearns has built uh, a pretty damn good and deep ball team, that's for sure. 100%. Cool. Well, I guess uh, let's enjoy the remainder of this this Brewers-Pirates game. Um, currently 6-0, to zero. might get a look at our Canadian friend John Axford. Uh, but in the meantime, boys, uh, let's cook. Let's cook. Let's cook, baby. Thank you.